On today's episode of The Glue Guys, your Brooklyn Nets podcast, we will discuss Spencer Dinwiddie's positive coronavirus test, DeAndre Jordan's positive coronavirus test, and already declaring that he will not go to Orlando, and all the big questions surrounding that, including should your Brooklyn Nets tank? No, Mike, not that. Anything but that. Okay, fine, we'll do it. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Flat. Ugh. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuysNetsDaily.com. The Athletic. Get 40% off an annual subscription to The Athletic. Go to TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. Thank you, Evan Carroll, for doing that yourself. Evan Carroll reached out to say that he, in fact, used that code to get 40% off, and he is loving his life inside The Athletic app. And Go, Evan. Yeah. Um, go to iTunes. It's a new website. iTunes. Five stars. We need them. We want them. We have to have them. Brian has committed to walking naked across the Brooklyn Bridge. If we get to 10,000 five-star reviews, we are at 250 overall. We are so close. Let's make it happen. Brian, how are you? We're at 247. We need to get to 250. Then I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do the naked hand center at 250. I don't care. <laughs> 240. Um, I'm... I'm I'm good. I I am doing well. <laughs> I am um, good. <laughs> there is, the world is crumbling around yeah, us in every sense. In, in all the big ways and small ways. Um, what to say? Golly, is this whole Floridian basketball thing gonna gonna go gonna pop off, Mike? Is this gonna happen? I think there's a couple of big questions. So obviously, if you're joining us, you probably know the news by now. But as a newsman myself, I, it is my duty to deliver it to you. DeAndre Jordan, the Nets center, the the ka in the troika that is Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and DeAndre Jordan, uh, he has tested positive for coronavirus, and he's already said that he will not go to Orlando with the Brooklyn Nets, even hopefully, obviously, when he fully recovers. And before that, Spencer Dinwiddie, the Nets' most productive player all season, also tested positive for coronavirus, and he is experiencing some symptoms. I think he said some chest tightness um, and but he it was kind of ambiguous of whether he would try to come back or not. But then he eventually said on Twitter, yes, I, my goal is to come back and play the remainder of the season if I'm healthy enough to do so. And if it makes sense from that standpoint. But all of this news happened in a very short span of time last night, a Monday night um, before that preceding that. We learned that Wilson Chandler was deciding not to go to Orlando because he wanted to spend more time with his grandmother and his family. Obviously, totally understand and all that. So the Nets, just to recap, here are who is not going to Orlando with the Nets for various reasons. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Deontay Jordan, uh, maybe Spencer Dinwiddie, though it's 50-50. Wilson Chandler is not. Nick Claxton is not because of shoulder surgery. And the Nets are going to be left with a lineup. And also, of course, Theo Pinson, Brian. We cannot forget mm. Theo Pinson will not be going to Orlando because the Nets cut him. So no, t- Tyler Johnson, who the Nets picked up five days ago, 
is maybe your starting point guard for the Nets playoff push and in the first round in the playoffs against the Milwaukee Bucks. How does that all feel to you, Brian? How are your feelings uh, and emotions right confident. now? Confident. I feel confident. That's a that is that's a good squad. That's a squad. That's a squad I want going in. Um scrappy. That's a scrappy squad, it, as they it say. It feels the very big. like early Sean Marks Kenny Atkinson, like the Sean Kilpatrick Nets. It, it does. The Isaiah Whitehead Nets. It's like That's right. It actually feels like home, is what it feels like. <laughs> it feels very familiar. It took uh, it took a global pandemic for now the Nets to get back to the proper order of things, which is starting a guy. Tyler Johnson, mm-hmm. who may be the start, or Chris Chioza, who's still a two-way player and not officially a part of the full roster, maybe the starting point guard in these elite eight games going into a first-round matchup against one of the best regular season teams of all time, your Milwaukee Bucks. It's a good feeling, Bri. Dude, it's it was weird. It was it's definitely if anyone was experiencing Twitter like I was experiencing less, it was like there were just a, a strange vibe out there. And also, like, the question legitimately so is, like, should the Nets even go at this point? You know, so much of your team decimated by injuries and positive tests for coronavirus. It's yeah, very the weird. The positive times. test part of it is is real damaging for the whole the, the future of this, of this bubble league, which is, I mean, like, is... Are we at the point where we're just saying like this is happening no matter what? Like tests be damned? Is that is is it? Do you think that this is locked into that point, Mike? I mean, if there's another surge, I don't want to get into too much COVID talk because like who wants who wants that? But um, I don't know. That's where my head is at. <laughs> like if, like prominent players on a on the, one of the teams getting uh, sick is not not great optics. Yeah, and we'll talk a lot about you know we're gonna dive into whether that should tank. Um, we're going to dive oh, and, and then we're going to have a very nice thing at the end of the pod. And I, I urge you to stick around because I want to walk down memory lane because on this day oh. a year ago was Woj's clean sweep tweet wow. when the Nets got Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan. And I kind of want to walk down that memory lane with you later in the pod. I thought we were going to go a memory lane like another game of the 2003 NBA Finals <laughs> against the Spurs. And get, get the <laughs> lowest rated. You know, if you get to take a peek behind the uh, the fourth wall, I just want for the for our listeners when we did that, we were like, you know, beginning of Corona, we were like, oh, we have to think of some content stuff. Let's do this, and just like on on our back end, like the data shows a a cliff like decline in, in listenership after we begin talking about the 2000. So not a whole lot of 2003 era Nets fans on this podcast apparently like where where are my old heads at come on yeah I know so I, I get wait the original question of yours was basically like is, is this are we like how many more prominent players need to get sick before this thing is put the kibosh on it do we even right. want to talk about that I don't know we can well, also just not no, talk about that I think there's one thing I do need to we need to point out as like that is kind of important so from what we know from Spencer Dinwiddie spoke to Sham Sharani of The Athletic um and describe sort of where he was in his life uh, to then contract coronavirus. And it's that he came back to New York and he did get some practices in and then he tested positive for it. And he previously had tested negative. DeAndre Jordan, I also believe had said that he came back into market was what he said. How do you describe it? And now he has tested positive for this. And that is really actually scary because obviously we know how great of a job New York has done following social distancing, wearing masks, cases are way down. New York is frankly one of the better places to be in the world right now compared to the Southeast and the Southwest. There's a bunch of states. Obviously, Florida's 
continuing to rise at level of peaks that like hasn't really been seen before in this country besides you know at the very beginning of this in new york and so what's scary about deandre jordan and spencer dinwiddie contracting coronavirus returning to new york and practicing is that one is that proving that it's actually not possible to have a safe practice environment at all like i kind of think like as none of us are doctors yeah You know, we're not well, epidemiologists. You're, you're working on you're working on that uh, orthopedic thing. Anyways, yeah, good. I, you're not not officially. I'm yet. a sub doctor. I'm like, you know, like mm-hmm. there's like a psychologist and then a psychiatrist. And I think a psychiatrist it's, is a person that can that can like do some <laughs> stuff. I can't do all the stuff that this like no, it's the psychiatrist can can, can 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 they can give you medicine and a psychologist can. OK, the, so yeah. I am a psychologist. I I am not super Saiyan <laughs> but, but orthopedic for all surgeon. The psychologists out there, we recognize that it tastes like six years of med school or whatever. Yeah, I did four interviews. So I feel legit <laughs> yeah. in my But anyways. The, it, so we obviously, who knows? Who knows how truly Spencer Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan were contracted coronavirus. We don't know. And it may not have been at the practice facility. Though it is concerning that two players within the same day announce that they are, they both have contracted coronavirus. They may not have gotten it from the practice facility, but it it is obviously scary that that is the case. And, you know, more players, if we hear about Jared Allen, who has been at the practice facility for a while now, him getting it, that would be scary. I mean, I do think the Nets are on the edge of the Nets c- cannot play basketball in Orlando. Wow, really? You think so? I, I mean, if if... We are half the team is already out due to injury or recovering from positive cases of coronavirus. And Dinwiddie's the only guy who has said, I will try to play basketball coming through this. I mean, we understand that Durant and three other players had gotten it before. We don't know the names of the three other players, but presumably they they have continued on and will play if they are still on the roster. But I don't know. I mean, I think if like honestly, if Jared Allen and and someone else on the team were to contract it. I don't I think they become a special case. And it's like the Nets is just like, listen, the our whole team has come down with this thing. We're not going to continue to put our players out there. It doesn't make sense. And from the NBA's perspective, it doesn't make sense to send a team like that. But, you know, who knows yeah. what's going to happen? That's crazy. You know, the thing is, it's really damning <clears throat> that, that there's two players with with the diagnosis, because that means I mean, like the doesn't mean necessarily, but like. Basketball is a pretty good way to transfer coronavirus, as far as I understand it. You're you're breathing a lot of you're breathing on each other a lot. You know, at least the way that I play basketball. Don't brush my teeth. Definitely use that as a weapon um, <laughs> to get up close. You know, um, play some bully ball with my breath. But you know, the idea that there's two guys that have contracted it on the team now means that it's like probably pretty. Um, yeah. Anyways, it's it's not a good situation. Really we can stop talking about COVID. That yeah. that was like growing up. That was one of my fascinations about certain athletes, not just basketball players, of like bad hygiene was a weapon to be wielded on the field yeah. of the comp, you know, on the field of competition. It was like if, if there were guys who purposefully wanted to smell as bad as possible. Football was was a like a real bastion of that. Like the linemen were just some foul. Like just, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like that was that was part of their whole deal. Is like their knee pads or whatever would just smell like. Like, yeah, like, like, like death, as you'd expect, like death, but if like, <laughs> like death and mildew death. combined for like yeah, yeah. a mildew virus. Um, yeah, yeah, it's so DeAndre, <laughs> here, but here, 
it's so crazy. And I and I did this on Twitter and I and everyone it to see it just laid out as starkly as just a bullet point it, it is kind of shocking. But we've joked about that this season even before coronavirus that this season was the season from hell for the Nets even though the team was going to be in the playoffs and Kevin Durant was in street clothes on the sidelines and Kyrie Irving was playing the season still felt like this weird, bizarro, alternate reality where like the Nets were a legit franchise and they had these stars, but the season was kind of a disaster for one way or the other. And this is just, I'm just going to read it blankly as all the things that have happened this season. And I apologize if I missed anything. There's all these sub stories off of all of these things, but this is what has happened. And this is where we all began. So we had the Maury tweet China trip, Wilson Chandler's PED suspension, Rodion Karuks' domestic violence trial, David Nwaba's Achilles injury done for the year, Karis Levert's thumb injury, which we all forgot that Karis, he, he missed, you know, three months or two months of the season, Kyrie Irving's shoulder impingement part one, part two, and ultimately part three, which is him getting surgery, Kyrie Irving's knee injury scare against the Wizards before the All-Star break, Kyrie Irving's glaring needs comment, Remember that, Brian, where Kyrie <laughs> is na- naming players on the team that he wants to play with and that the team needs that, more help. Is that what we're calling it? The glaring needs moment? <laughs> the glaring needs yeah. comment. Yeah. Kenny Atkinson fired. Coronavirus shutdown. KD plus three other Nets test positive. KD confirms he's done for the year. Kyrie, and this isn't a negative. I'm not saying this is a negative, but Kyrie leads a minor but very worthwhile revolt amongst the players to think about sitting out for the end of the season. Nick Claxton, shoulder surgery done for the year. Wilson Chandler opts out of Orlando. Dinwiddie tests positive for coronavirus. DeAndre Jordan tests positive for coronavirus and has already said he's done. And we haven't even really begun training camp, the new training camp that would be in Orlando in about a week and a half, a week's time, before we even try to get into back to playing basketball. And... It's just so wild to think about, you know, again, we are recording this a year to the day that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and DeAndre Jordan, and then also very small off of this, Garrett Temple, who signed the very first day as well, joined the Brooklyn Nets, elevating the franchise to like a place very few franchises in the NBA have ever been to, like to be able to get that massive talent in one free agency class, them willingly choosing to be here at this franchise. And now we sit here a year later and all of that crap has happened. And we still don't really, we don't even have finality on the season to fully assess whether this year was a success or failure. And I almost think like, you know, we all keep talking about, oh, the champion should have an asterisk next to it if they win this year. I mean, the Nets whole season, we've all talked about this before, but like the Nets whole entire season has basically been just waiting for next year. and But we had to survive all of this crazy twists and turns. And now we again, we sit here the day after we find out that two starters on the Nets are tested positive for coronavirus and may not come back to play. It, again, the Nets have a shot in the playoffs to at least do something, to try something. It's just crazy, man. It's so, it's very Netsian that... Mm. That we sit here and it's it's all it's all nuts. There's nothing else to yeah. say. It's just crazy. 
No, we we have signed our signed our souls to the devil or something. Something something terrible happened. The curse is real. Basically, is is my hot take. The curse is real. Do you blame Dr. Kyle J. Corver? It's yeah, the combination. Those are the two horsemen of the Nets apocalypse. <laughs> Dr. J. The, 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 Kyle Corver. Yeah, the Nets sold Dr. J. <laughs> And when they're going into the NBA and then the Nets sold Kyle Corver for a fax machine. Mm-hmm. I think those two things, the curse of Corver yeah. is, uh, is alive and well today. Um, do we want to address, I, we got a great email from, Oh yes. Sean, good friend, good friend of the show, a good friend of the show. Um, do we want, and it just has like a, it's like a 15 bullet points of everything we would want to talk <laughs> about. So I could, I could just go <laughs> use that as a rubric for the conversation. Do you want to? Yeah. Let's just use him as our, our producer here. Um, Shah, good friend, a good producer of the show today. Uh, hope you guys are staying safe. So do we for you, Sean, um, before I get to my questions, prayers out to all the sick players. They are human beings first. And I think that it's important that we all wish them a speedy recovery with no long-term health impacts. Um, ditto. Good idea. Um, okay. On to the questions. Do we sign boogie to replace DJ? That's a, my it's, I love that he starts out with the spiciest memes. <laughs> um, they're not all so spicy, but this one, this one is a, has a dash of sriracha. Um, do you like Boogie if we do go to to uh, Orlando? Do you absolutely, do you want to see? man? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I he was on one of our lists if at some point briefly, but we didn't give him a true look. I don't think, and now it's just starting to make a ton of sense. <laughs> it's like so the names so Alex Schiffer from the Athletic and John Hollinger from the Athletic have all done a really good job of sort of corralling the names of who could be signed. There's like a group of free agents that teams could sign as guys continue to drop out because of testing positive or deciding to opt out of Orlando. And like, there's a guy, Dante Hall, who of course I've never heard of, but he plays center in the G league athletic rim runner type. And I got to say, like I Tyler Johnson, fine. Like I get a Tyler Johnson signing. Justin Anderson makes tons of sense. Justin Anderson is now on the nets because Wilson Chandler opts out. And Anderson was a really valuable player for the Long Island Nets. He knows the system. He plays the position. But, like, <laughs> at this point, let's not try to, like, let's have some fun. Like, if we're going to bring in someone to play basketball for the Nets at this point, make it Boogie Cousins. Make it someone who can make a huge impact and some who's a potential to make a big impact and not just a guy who will, like, play eight minutes and then we'll never hear from again. Give me the Boogie big Cousins. The big question is, is Boogie ready for 30 minutes a night? Because that's, that's <laughs> what he's going to get on these Brooklyn Nets uh, with the team that we're currently running out there. So um, the question is, does he want to be sitting on a bench collecting a weird chip or um, being relied on as a linchpin of a playoff offense? Dude, what if Chris Chioza, Boogie Cousins pick and roll becomes just sets just, the league on fire? Just Di- just dices up Milwaukee in the first round. Come on, and like Milwaukee has no clue what's happening. So Mike Boonholzer, <laughs> the coach for the Bucks, is famous for not adjusting what he does. I mean, you know, he has a system in place. He thinks it's the best system. Obviously, it's worked out for him. But he's famous for being late to react, like he did in the last playoffs. He he didn't react to Fred Van Vliet shooting like fifty percent from three. So he didn't react then. And then what if he gets in the situation and Boogie is just slicing and dicing the Lopez brothers and Chris Chioza's, they're going to have to put Giannis on Chioza. And there's nothing that Giannis can do against Chris Chioza, one of the greats of all time. Um, hmm. 
I mean, that's the way to make make this thing fun. Dante Hall, I think that's his name, and I apologize if it's not, would not be all that exciting, though I'm sure he is a better basketball player than... A rim-running big? Come on. It's like uh, a fascination with Chris Wilcox for all those years. Oh, I love um, Chris Wilcox. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Exactly. So what's, Is he available? Who says no? <laughs> he said, we'll bring Stro Miles Swift back. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, and I agree because like as as the... For the roster that we currently have, there's not a whole lot that is making me super excited to watch eight plus four games of uh, of Nets basketball. Even if, and we'll get to the tanking <laughs> conversation. Like that, it could just be eight, um, but not likely. Bring me some boogie. I mean, J.R. Smith's already off the table. I know that I'm sure you're massively butthurt I'm about so that. I'm so sad. I when J.R. Yeah. Smith signed with the Lakers, I was like, they're gonna win. Oh. Uh, here's a Woj tweet, by the way. The Nets practice facility reopened today after being closed for several days. Uh, Nets had yeah, we can't even practice right now. Like it's unbelievable what a disadvantage we're at. No, they it did reopen today, but that's interesting. That I know, I know, but it was like a couple of days that they couldn't. Yeah, it's just and and also like what what's the value of these guys practice? None of these guys are practicing together per se. Like they're just practicing, just like zooming, one, just zooming in the one person, one person, one person. <laughs> Just, um it's a so like by this, himself this is the team and i you know sean goodfriend has a bunch of this but it's like okay let's just assume dinwiddie doesn't play right he may play um uh, which would be great because that also means that he would be fully healthy and feeling great which is of course the only thing that we care about but if he doesn't play honestly the starting point guard for your brooklyn nets will probably be it could be Karis LeVert. We could be considering him the starting point guard. But it's either Chris Chioza or Tyler Johnson. That is so insane to have gone from a, a point guard glut. Remember those days that we were worried about that there, there were too many mouths to feed in the Nets offense? How could possibly Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Karis LeVert all eat if they're sharing the court together? And now we're sitting here with Chris Chioza is your starting point guard, who the Nets still need to elevate to be the, a full-time player on their roster. They need to do that before, like, we can consider him a, a shoe-in for Orlando. That So, Sean Good from that was his second point. Is Levert the new PG? What do you think his usage rate in shots per game will be? <laughs> I'll tell you this. If the only other, like, person to pass to is Boogie Cousins, that's going to be a that's gonna be a big old usage rate right there. <laughs> um, he's going to be pounding, and rightfully pounding the air out of the ball. Um yeah. For his purposes. I mean, yeah, like um, Let him run. Yeah. That'll be the best thing actually for Levert if everybody sits back and he can just like, you know, go back to the business of putting up twenty seven a game uh by himself and some losing some losing games. Well, it's a very weird sort of thing that's happening. So let's live in the world that Dinwiddie does come back. So then it would be Dinwiddie, Levert, Joe Harris, Torian Prince, and Jared Allen is your starting five. Uh, that is basically like the trade candidate showcase for the Nets because the Jared Allen is very much seems to be on the trading block because DeAndre Jordan was they fired Kenny Atkinson Jacques Vaughn's first move is to start DeAndre Jordan we know through reporting that DeAndre Jordan was not exactly thrilled by being a bench player for most of the year so you would have to assume whatever next coach comes in that they're still probably going to want to start DeAndre Jordan no matter what how good Jared Allen is, unless if Jared Allen is so overwhelmingly better next season. 
So Jer- that means that Jared Allen is somewhat expendable. He he is due for a contract extension, and it wouldn't make sense to pay him a lot of money when you're already pairing DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie Irving, you know, Karis LeVert's getting paid, Spencer's getting paid, Ky- uh, Kevin Durant's getting paid, all those guys. So Jared Allen's trade candidate, man. Uh, obviously, everyone loves to throw Spencer Dinwiddie into any trade possible, and Karis LeVert is the ultimate trade tra- trade chip. So it's like... The Nets lineup they're going to be sending out there is going to be just a bunch of guys who may not be Brooklyn Nets next year and who, if they play well, will only raise their trade value for the Nets to possibly make a big trade with a first-round pick plus all those players. It's 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 just so very strange uh, mm-hmm. for your Brooklyn Nets. <clears throat> next on the bulletin board of the, the, the good friend bulletin board, yes. um, will we see Curix at the five? Kind of like RH, RHJ did in spurts last year. Um, <clears throat> player that seems to benefit from this enormously, if there's anyone, is True Boy Rodion's Kuroks, um, who was uh, heretofore buried in the rotation. Um, Mike, a resurgence from Rodion's? Can we expect it? Are we going to see it? Is, is Jacques Vaughn going to feel like that's the, the best person to run out there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, as you said, it's... <clears throat> Rody was never going to see the floor in a real meaningful way, but a crazy sequence of events with DeAndre Jordan test positive, Nick Claxton shoulder surgery, Durant definitely. Of course, we know now he's not coming back, and thank God he decided not to come back because I wouldn't mm-hmm. want our precious Kevin Durant to come back in this situation. No, 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 you wouldn't. Um, it's like you're going to see a lot of Rody, and that's that that the fact that we're going to see a lot of Rody on Skarooks, obviously. You know, there's a complicated thing with his domestic violence case suspended because I think the court system has been held up due to coronavirus. But to talk about the basketball player, you know, he was a real agent of change last season. And this season was, for the most part, completely lost and barely played for the big team. Uh, He played for the Long Island Nets. So it's you're going to see a lot of him. But he is an example of really the the Nets ceiling for this season which is like the best thing that could happen is that they do win enough games they're still the seventh seed so that they do have kind of a shot against orlando or toronto but if they become the eighth seed it's like yeesh it's yeesh city um do would you brian rather see tory and prince or rodian's Cruz get more minutes and i i say this as like do you rather see the nets take like developmental priorities here because they're so decimated by injuries and coronavirus or should they still like keep on that grind of trying to be as good of a team as possible um developers 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 (laughs) as steve balmer once famously said have you ever seen that bit no there's a YouTube video of him at like a Microsoft conference in like 1997 or something. Just oh, like I've seen, I've seen like where he's like on the stage screaming at people, sweating like Patrick Ewing in the fourth quarter, <laughs> just like completely drenched through a button down. Um, yeah, screaming developers at people. Um, yeah, that's my that's my line of thinking on it. Like I, I really just don't. I don't think that any system that we could possibly put in. It's not long enough to like foment a system in any real sense. Um, the players that are going to be uh, contributing to that system are potentially not going to be around next season. Like, like building upon a system right now makes no sense. I, I think, um, I think the only thing that we can hope for is like Chris Chioza to 
And to a lesser extent, people like Rodion's Kirks to like emerge as no brainer uh, additions to next year's team to shore up that bench. Like that's that's which is it sucks. It sucks so bad to just be like that's what we're really like watching. And the after all of this, that that's the that's the payoff instead of a super fun Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving led um, you know weird playoff thing. Um, yeah, now we're talking about like you know putting. Chris Gio's under a microscope, which is, you know, it's what we're used to. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's familiar territory and I'm happy to do it. Um, it's, it's just different than where we thought we would be. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent. I am, I'm more interested in you know, Tyler Johnson's interesting on a certain level. would like to take a, a deep look. He's, you're going to get um, a deep look at Tyler Johnson. A yeah. deep look. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm You're going to get 35 for. minutes of Tyler Johnson in your face. Yeah. For eight straight I'm, days. Uh, <clears throat> I'm eager to see if, if Karras can like truly take up the mantle of, of this team and become an, a more efficient dolo scorer, um, you know, those types of, those types of things, the, the shit that we're used to. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. if we're, if we're going to try to be positive, it is that Karis Levert is going to like, he is a particular type of player having seen him over his career. Who's like ready to get the usage, right? Like he's always been usage heavy, for the most part, he's never been a uh, he's never been a fit in guy. He's the kind of guy who's a show out guy. And if there is one guy who and I hope they're protecting him, just send Karis to Disney World right now. Put him up in that tower like Rapunzel and don't let him don't let anyone around him because we need to protect Karis at all cost. Hashtag protect Karis. Uh, but he is the type of guy who is like who's distinctly skilled enough to be full usage 30% usage and it may not be the best it may not be the most efficient use of of Karis LeVert or the most efficient offense but we're gonna get to see like what he truly has and I do think a byproduct of that is that like we're gonna we're gonna feel at the end of Orlando that you cannot trade Karis LeVert because I've got more and more confident that he is almost untouchable unless it's for like a really distinct big level piece like Carl Anthony Towns or Bradley Beal. I don't even know if I put Bradley Beal in the Carl Anthony Towns class. I actually don't. But Lavert is just, he's got so much talent that it doesn't make it as much sense to like flip him for Zach Levine. That, that, that to me is a lateral move, but has potential not to be that good. You know what I'm also a little bummed out about that we won't get to see? I mean, potentially not get to see, and, and hopefully we do, is Spencer did what he was on Instagram talking about that he's 230 now, that he had gained. He's, he's doing his 15 pounds. Yeah. Uh, PR, PR meme. Uh, I think he's, and I, you know, I have reason to believe that he like legitimately did, you know, gain some weight or whatever. He, he seems a little bit thicker. Um, a thicker, like, he's so smart about adapting his game, reading the, like, the trends of, of, where because like basically he's like he's leaning so heavily on what we've been talking about, which is like I'm all about adaptability. And part of the of that like the thing that he, the marketing arm of that that he hadn't really addressed before is like I can change my body on the fly. I'm so <laughs> committed to adapting that I can like you know I can go up and down a weight class if I need to. Um, um, what did you brilliant. what did you make? So the NBA reportedly will allow players instead of to put their last names on the back of their jersey to put a sort of message, whether it's Black Lives Matter or anything else that they sort of want, you know, justice for someone, right? And Dinwiddie is getting, I mean, I love Spencer because 
he really is such an antagonist. He zigs when we zag. Yeah. He loves to zig. He wants to put trillion on the back of his jersey as in trillion dollar debt, as in our debt, (laughs) our U.S. debt. He's like, that's the real issue right now. Dude, big brain. Come on. Thinking long term. (laughs) And what did you make of of, uh, Spencer deciding to attack the national debt as opposed to other issues in this moment? Um, look, there's going to be a lot of different (laughs) messages out there. It's on brand for Spencer Dinwiddie. That's that is Spencer Dinwiddie's brand through and through. Um, and he's doubling down. It's marketing, marketing, marketing from, from that part of my brain. I super appreciate it. Right. Like that's, that's the best. Um, now there's arguments like, but here's the thing, like you're going to, you could, you could do that with anybody, like insert name here, substitute this, this cause for that cause. Like, you know, I think it's a dangerous territory to get into, you know, which, which the sort of hierarchy, the totem pole of which cause makes the most sense on the back of your Jersey. It's, um, it's a, it's a cause worth, worth being aware of to a certain extent. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get in the, in the. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring of comparing that to like what's more important for for Spencer Dinwiddie. He's a national debt guy. Okay, that's <laughs> that seems that checks out for me. Um, would it would it put it on my jersey? Probably not. I don't know. Um, it also is a smart move because Trillion would look pretty dope on the back of a jersey, even though the source of it is like yeah, our national debt is a pretty terrifying thing to think about when you actually think about it. And but Trillion is on the level of doing the he hate me jersey in the XFL. It would look yeah. super dope and cool. Um, is that is that why people liked he hate me? Yeah, because he had he hate me on the back of his jersey. Cuz it, it looks cool. I thought it was just cuz it was like cryptic and like like what it, like it's Well, yeah, strangely. I mean cool is yeah. it takes many forms, you know, cryptic. Is, <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's there's, confusing there's many shades cool. of cool. Yeah. That's, um, that's fair. So let's 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 do this. Okay. Let's do the tanking conversation because we need to do it okay. now. And then we'll do a little bit about just I just want to pay homage to this day a year ago. But um there's a million other Sean Goodfriend notes, and yeah. I just want to say shout out to you, dude. Thank you so much for that great thing. And thank you also to other people who wrote in. We're probably I don't know, good good friend stole the show, unfortunately. So it sounds like we're moving on to the other conversation, but you know, Trigoy, Elijah Shapiro, Louis Torres, you know, some others. Thanks, guys. We'll get to you. So the biggest thing that you would see on Nets Twitter, the immediately following about DeAndre Jordan and Spencer Dinwiddie testing positive for coronavirus is the Nets should tank. Not even should the Nets tank. The Nets should tank. And, you know, most of you probably know the reason why is that the Nets get back the first round pick if they end up in the lottery. Right now, it's going to the Minnesota Timberwolves as part of the Allen Crab trade. That cleared the cap space to be able to get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. But the Nets first round pick remains in Brooklyn if the Nets miss out on the playoffs completely. Now, here's the there's there's many things that we can kind of dive into about this, Brian. But if it was possible, and I'll tell you why it's not possible, but yeah. if it was possible, would it make sense for the Nets to do a light tank in Orlando? <laughs> What is what is what are the light tanks? The um, <laughs> the the light yeah. tanks is to tell Karis Levert, Joe Harris, Jared Allen. I was thinking about like the literal model to, of, to, of the to light tell t- them like to the, stay home and yeah. bring Chris Chioza and the rest of the Long Island Nets to Orlando. Like, yeah, I mean, no disrespect. That sounds more like a howitzer. That sounds like the real. That, that's like, that's a full tank. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, not to disrespect Chris Giozzo, but just like bringing like the rest of like the G League squad over. Like that's that's a, a forfeiture of a pretty obvious, <laughs> conspicuous kind. Um, and do I think we should? Well, this goes into this like the tanking conversations are always the same circular logic like over and over again. It's A, is it possible to like like coherently tank on as a strategy like no on its face like you just you do it's always a light tank right that's always the the um the situation so like there's a whole lot that goes into it whatever (laughs) um does it make sense to get a better uh pick versus losing in the playoffs with people who were not expecting to be around next year like yeah like yes there's like you like there's no world in which that doesn't make a little bit more sense like long term what's a better asset here for for the team uh, does that mean you do the thing no that not necessarily right because it's like a big lift to to organize a uh a, a coordinated tank you know and the a hinky <laughs> hinky-esque tank like that yeah and before we get to even the practicality of how it would work this is what it would look like right so think about the moment we're in these there are 22 teams that are going to be going to Orlando and players are sacrificing so much to go back to play basketball. Of course, they're getting compensated to do so, but they are sacrificing a lot to put their lives on hold for two months to be put in kind of a little bit of a scary situation, at least. And if you're anxiety ridden like myself, maybe a very scary mm. situation, right? Well, so, I just saw your eyes light up. You, you got really scared. So. <laughs> So you said so these players would have to go to Orlando to to go through all the testing every day to live in quarantine for two months to then on national TV lose every game just so the Nets the franchise that they play for right now can get the tenth overall pick that would probably either be used to be drafting their replacement or to be used in a trade to trade for their replacement. So it's like from the player side of it. There would be no motivation, right? And Marks could form a team in a crafty way to be in the name of player safety to say our stars are going to stay, but then our lower class players, we're going to send them to Orlando to be sacrificial lambs for us to receive our lottery pick back. There's almost no way that that could happen. Like there's no way the Nets could, we talked about small tanks versus big tanks. There's no Mm. way to even do a subtle tank, even like there there just isn't a way to make that happen. The Nets would would immediately would receive such backlash. You know, the the teams are beginning they're they're getting this opportunity to play in the playoffs, to get a shot to play in the playoffs and to make money for their franchise again and to make money for the players. And there's just like no way to do the tanking. And then there's sort of. The actual, like, what would have to happen in Orlando aspect of it, which would make it impossible. Like, the the so there's only nine teams in the East that are going. And we all keep talking about this play-in game. The play-in game is only triggered if the ninth-seeded team is within four or less games from the eighth-seeded team. Currently, the Nets are six games over the Wizards. The Wizards are the ninth-seeded team. So the Wizards have to be an active participant in this tanking scenario that we all love to talk about. And the, here are the, who's here the Wizards play in Orlando, okay? So the Wizards, yes, they do play the Nets in one game. So that would be an easy game if the Nets were tanking, right? You just lose to the Wizards. Then the Nets play the Suns. That's, a, that's the other worst team 
right now, but you know, the Suns are as good as the Wizards. And then this is who the Wizards play. The Bucks, the Celtics, the Pacers, 76ers, Thunder, and Pelicans. All teams extremely motivated. All teams mm. very good. Even the Pelicans, you can say, oh, the Pelicans are not that good. Well, they're aiming for the eighth seed, and they were one of the better teams statistically in basketball heading into the shutdown with Zion in the roster and Brandon Ingram. So it's like the Wizards would have to win seven of the eight games, and the Nets would have to lose, you know, let's say pretty much every game. And then they still have to play a one-game playoff where the Nets would have to lose two games for the Wizards to knock the Nets out of the playoffs completely. Because as the ninth-seeded team, the Wizards have to win two games, where the Nets as the eighth-seeded team would only have to win one. And that's just how the NBA set it up. It's basically impossible for the Nets not to be in the playoffs. They would have to be the worst team in the history of the NBA, basically, for them not to be in the playoffs. So I agree with you. It's like, yeah, sure, it would be better to, to have that pick. Uh, than to get swept in the playoffs. But the the actual process of doing that would be damaging to the franchise, uh, would be a huge embarrassment, and probably still wouldn't happen because you need the Wizards to win games, and they stink. And they are not going to have their second best player in Davis mm. Bertans. He's not going to Orlando <clears throat> at all. So it's not happening. Can we also talk about one last? Well, this is a shout-out to another good friend, bulletin board point um one other very uh, motivated member of the nets team is your boy jacques vaughn um mm. and yeah. how does this affect our ability to evaluate jacques vaughn during <laughs> this time he's not going to be interested in tanking for sure absolutely um not. yeah unless if they guaranteed him the job next year already and we're like right Tank now, like this is this is the <laughs> this dirty, is, this is the <laughs> dirty <laughs> deed you have to do to get this job. Yeah, this is yeah. In order to be a made man, you need to <laughs> to like off this. Yeah, you have to sacrifice the the rest of the net season in yeah. order to to rise to the level of becoming a made man. As you said, this is it, yeah. Jock. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, Sean Marks and Jock Vaughn sit six feet apart in a in a yeah. dusty room, dipping. Italian bread into into wine glasses. <laughs> well, have you ever seen that? I've never seen that before. People dipping actually do it wait. in real life. Yeah, no, I've never. No, but I guess I don't hang out around many. Like I would love to. I would love to be a part of a scene like that. Um, yeah. So it's not. So I. That's one hundred percent right. It's like Jacques Vaughn has as much to gain from any situation of success in Orlando than anyone else on the team because it would prove that he could coach under you know, insane conditions that are completely unique. It's sort of like on Top Chef when they do like the restaurant challenge where they have to do mm -hmm. a restaurant in 24 hours and yeah. whichever chef, I mean, I mean, it's a team by team basis, but it's like that proves like, wow, that is, that is a chef, a chef and a business person that they could put together a <laughs> restaurant in 24 hours. So Jacques Vaughn you, is basically um, that. Did you watch Top Chef this season? No, I didn't watch it this season though. Is it, was Pretty it good. dope? Dope AF? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how dope can Top Chef be? It's pretty, it's you know, it's dope. the formula. It's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's the reason why I've fallen off Top Chef. It's like it's I'll the say, formula. I, I've always roasted Padma on that show, and then I watched her show on uh, Hulu. This is like a, it's like a travel sort of like Anthony Bourdain style show. Yeah, pretty good, not cringy, you know. And people are obviously she's like arrestingly good looking, and pe and she's just like casting spells all over like the people that she talks to. It's hard for for them, but she like handles it well, you know. It's really interesting. Padma on Twitter is pretty awesome. 
And mm-hmm. you don't get that personality on Top Chef. Um, and um, it, and I remember there being like stories of the classic she's difficult stories, which always mm. feel like now it's like, eh, that's just that's just like sexist type type dealio. It's like we're saying she's difficult, but not not he's difficult. And I, she's just proven herself to be like uppity. Uh, uppity is what you're. Yeah, but she's that's, like those, she, no. But I'm saying she's proven herself. <laughs> I know, to but be great. That's that's like the uh, euphemism for like you know for women who are yes, you know, yeah, yeah, and and but like when those it was still when those stories were coming out, it was like early Top Chef run. It was still like we weren't fully exposing that kind of um, insidious leaking. And I, you know, what's funny? I just started watching the morning show on on Apple TV Plus. Have you given yourself? Oh time to watch that i've not i've not even given myself the pleasure of apple tv plus i've not i've not you should watch it it's a good it's it's a show it's a tv show okay it exists that Uh, sounds good i like like those anyways um yeah so that i headline to all this conversation the nets yes it would be great to get their back their draft pick but it would be impossible to do so and probably pretty damaging to try to lose that many games now, of course, they could naturally lose all their games, but the net schedule itself is pretty easy. They play two games against the Magic. They play against the Wizards. They play the Kings and Trailblazers. So those are all easy games relative to the rest of who is there in Orlando. And then, they, yeah. yeah, they play the Bucks, Celtics, and Clippers. Those would be harder games. But, you know, the Nets pick off an Orlando game, a Kings game, and then they beat the Wizards. The Wizards are done. The, the Wizards have no shot of... Yeah, getting back. I wonder what would happen like <laughs> if they like legitimately can't field a team. <laughs> what, what what happens then? Anyways, that's not. We don't have to think about that yet. But for I, next week, we'll, we'll put that okay, put that yeah. bug in your ear. Just just to tease it, I think I I that's why I said earlier. I think it's legitimate that you could, as a franchise, just say, just too many. We have too many issues, and it's not worth us to continue on. It's not like. The, the Nets such, have become such, yeah. team player empowerment in a very big way. Um, Josai really supports his players. He really defended Kyrie in the moment when everyone was trying to crap on Kyrie for at least trying to be thought-provoking leading into Orlando. Josai really pre- pressed that. Um, and I it's also the type of franchise that I could see saying, it's just not worth it for us and how everything's going on. But we'll mm-hmm. see. That would be a crazy decision. Yes. Crazy times, Mike, but hey, we're here for each other and we're here for Glue Nation. Um, we have each other's backs, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, society is going to go on. It's going to be great. We're going to be fine. It'll be great. We're all good. Yeah. Um, by the way, two things and then we'll finish oh. up here. So the one thing is what I promised before. Go down memory lane for a second. Every, oh, geez. Slip on your, your uh, face mask or eye mask. You know, get get ready. Uh, this is an ASMR uh, mm-hmm. situation here. Um, let's think back for a second, oh. Brian. June thirtieth, two thousand nineteen. Wow, it's four twenty one p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mark Stein from the New York Times tweets out an undeniable vibe of confidence is emanating from Brooklyn as we speak. The Nets sure seem to believe that they are getting Kevin Durant's commitment tonight to go with Kyrie Irving's dot, 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 
with DeAndre Jordan, Durant's close friend, to follow. And I do want to point out, it wasn't clear that the Nets were going to get DeAndre Jordan. That was kind of an, an attachment on the day. We didn't really, it, we thought maybe Kyrie, KD, that'd be great. And then DeAndre Jordan kind of snuck in there. Mm-hmm. Mostly negative reaction <laughs> about that. And then our boy Pooch, very soon after, says a similar thing. Several Nets sources are growing confident that Kevin Durant will indeed join Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. And then we go along, and I don't know if you remember this. This was the time when we were all told to start following the boardroom Instagram account because we were led to believe that it would arrive there, that Kevin Durant would make his decision on the boardroom Instagram account. And then there it is, an image. Kevin Durant to sign with Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant has confirmed he will sign a max deal with the Brooklyn Nets when the free agency moratorium period ends on July 6th. This is on the boardroom Instagram account. Um, now, Sean Marks spoke out about it like afterwards to say we didn't truly know KD was going to sign until he announced it on his Instagram. But that is what happened. And then very soon after, Garrett Temple signs a two-year deal with the team as well. Of course, we learned about DeAndre Jordan's deal. We didn't know that at the time that it was a four-year $10 million per. Um, and the one more bit of news, which was sort of the cherry on top of the Sunday of what an amazing day this was a year ago, was that a report came out from Ramona Shelburne of ESPN that the Knicks did not offer Kevin Durant a max deal because they were unsure about his Achilles. And the why that was so delicious as a Nets fan was because it showed how butthurt the Knicks were that Kevin Durant didn't want to sign with the team after James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, rather loudly went on Michael Kay's show to say that high-level free agents, I forget the exact term, but high-level free agents are very interested in playing for the Knicks and coming to the Garden. He said that a couple months prior to free agency, and everyone believed he was hinting at Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And of course it ends up, and now we know from Kevin Durant, even talking about this publicly a bunch of times, the Knicks were just never really in the picture. And reportedly it was because of ownership and not wanting to play for the current ownership that is lording over Madison Square Garden. Um, It was truly, if you're ranking the days as a Nets fan, just signing Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant is, I don't know, Brian, is that, the top five day, just a day. It could be, could be a top day. Could be, could be number one in the. I mean, who knows? I mean, that's yeah, some finals in there. Um, besides drafting Nick Claxton, I think it's <laughs> drafting Nick Claxton the first mo- time Musa hits a jumper, and then Kyrie and KD. Yeah, signing for ages. Um, Nuggets closing down their facility, practice facility. See that stuff? Yeah. I saw, so Woj is reporting the Nuggets. So a pretty precarious position right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. Let's not let's not react to the, the news live. You know, be good newsmen. Wait for these things to pan themselves out. Beautiful. I love it. All right. Well, yeah. thank you all for listening. What a great episode. You know. Oh wow. Um. Hey, Mike. If they wanted to give us a five star review with a glowing comment, where where would you? You know, it, where would you? It do feels that? like the reciprocal for that. Is that the word? Mm. Um, I don't know. iTunes. Like you're talking about like. The place to put it? Yeah. Oh, the repository. The rep- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Uh, <laughs> right? iTunes, five stars. We need them. We want them. We have to have them. True. Truthfully. The receptacle. That's what you're doing. Yeah. When I say the reciprocal, well, I'm so, I'm silly. 
I'm just saying. Ah, jeez. Hey, leave a leave something there. Um, hey, Mike, thanks for having me. Hey, thank you. Hey. Okay. Bye bye.